0: Welcome back to another episode of For the Good of the Game. I'm your host, John Davis, J.D., and in keeping with our season two theme of relationships, I am super excited to have two guys that have known each other for quite a while. Our first guest is Coach Bill McGregor. Bill is the legendary head coach of DeMatha Catholic High School, the Stags football program. He's been the head coach for 30 seasons, during which he's accumulated a record of 285 wins, against only 44 losses and three ties. Now, if you do the math, that's an 85.8% win percentage, which is just incredible, Coach. During that time, he's led the Stags to 17 conference titles. He's been voted as the Washington Catholic Athletic Conference Coach of the Year 12 times and the 2005 NFL High School Coach of the Year. Really cool that Bill has been instrumental in helping 350 plus DeMatha alum from the football program achieved Division One status to play football at the next level, and among those, notably, have achieved that have achieved NFL status are former, uh, our current Eagles safety Rodney McLeod Jr., former linebacker Cameron Wake, former Eagles running back uh, Brian Westbrook, and our second guest today, who is the former defensive back J.B. Brown. JB played for coach uh, McGregor at DeMatha and went on to a stellar career at the university of Maryland with the Terrapins and was notably uh, drafted by the Miami Dolphins in 1989 in the NFL draft and enjoyed a 12-season career in the NFL, which is also the longest NFL career among DeMatha alum to, who have achieved uh, the NFL status. JB played for eight years in Miami, a year in Pittsburgh, a year in Arizona, and finished up with two years in Detroit, where, interestingly enough, his first-year coach in Detroit was Coach Bobby Ross, who was also, JB, I believe, your first coach at, at Maryland, Correct.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh,
0: I had the pleasure of uh, escorting and interviewing Coach Ross a couple of times. So it is with great pleasure. I welcome these two gentlemen to the show. Guys, thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for having
2: me. Yeah. Thank you, John. Really great honor and privilege to be on your show. Thank you so much. Well, it's it's
0: my honor, Coach. Really, I've I've uh, this this opens up a, uh, you know, kind of a platform to be able to really talk about a lot of things. And wow. You know, with someone with your experience and JB's experience, certainly as a player, I would love to be able to talk all the X's and O's, but this year really focused on something in in line with the theme for the program for the good of the game, which is relationships. And coach over 40 years at DeMatha, including 30 seasons, obviously it would have been 31, but this year's was canceled uh, this past fall. um, As the head coach, what makes football at DeMatha such a special experience in
2: your opinion? Um, I think everything started and starts with the philosophy we have um, and a priority system we have. And it all began, we, we had a legendary basketball coach. His name was Morgan Wooten. And when coach Wooten retired, he was the all time winningest high school basketball coach ever. He's also a member or invited into the NBA hall of fame. So it gives you an wow. idea of, of his status, just an incredible man. But I, yeah, he, 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 lay down the priority system we have at the math and, you know, we, we do everything, uh, faith filled. We begin everything with a prayer end everything with a prayer. And we, we do a, a lot of character talking, uh, you know, about doing the right thing, being the best you can possibly be treating others the way you want to be treated. Um, the second thing that he always promoted or second priority always promoted was, was, was family. And we like to consider ourselves at the math, an extension of the young men's family. Um, you know, every, everything in life, I think, is relational. And if you're going to have any type of relationship with anybody, one of the things you have to have is uh, communication. And sure, I'm sure. a firm believer, having open door, uh, you know, come in and talk, sit down with us, uh, you know, reach out to each other um, and, and 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 just be relational with, be, be in relation, listen to what people have to say, and be able to respond back in, in, a, in a professional way. Uh, you know, it may be what somebody wants to hear, maybe what somebody doesn't want to hear, but at least you know, with, with the door open, open door communication, I think it, it's a, it lays a foundation for that relationship's. And that's what it's all about, you know. That's that's the great thing about football. Having been in the league or having done this for so long, uh, you know, all the relationships that I've been able to form and all the young men I've been able to uh, meet and and have a maybe play a small part in their lives, I, it's been very very special to me.
0: I tell you, it's it's interesting because um, you and I met uh, actually. I think it was 2011, where it was shortly after you had left Matha. Um, right. And uh, I was just so impressed that in, in your capacity as helping me uh, set up the camp and everything that we were running uh, there in Maryland, it was just incredible. I, I mean, it was no doubt you know you would enjoy that tenure because everybody we met knew who you were. You know, there was something, some kind of relationship involved. Um, you know, JB, having experienced the math of football firsthand. And uh, you know, being a part of the Stags football culture, what is it about Coach McGregor and that culture that he built? And he talked a little bit about its beginning, but what was it about that experience that really um, made your football experience so special at Dematha?
1: Um, the expectation. Um, my first year at Dematha, I believe, was his first year coaching at Dematha. I believe that was 1983. Is that right, Coach? A- yeah, eighty-two. Yeah, eighty-two. Jb. Yeah, I was eighty-two. Uh, yeah, yep. right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 82 83 season, that was my first year I was a sophomore, I made the varsity, and the first thing I realized when I got there was is that you were held to a high expectation. You were expected to be a uh, a scholar, uh you expected to work hard to be the best athlete you could be and to be the best person you could be. So we talked about family. Um I was recruited to the by another player, a great player who played there. Um his dad recruited my dad and then my dad got me interested in because <laughs> they had no girls. So at first I was like, I don't know about this. And I didn't, I only knew one person. that was the, the friend whose father had uh, recruited me, recruited my dad and got me to go there. So I had to learn all new friends. I didn't know who coach McGregor was. As a matter of fact, when I went to interview at the school, coach Jerry Franks was still there. And so I had to get to know coach McGregor and all the other coaches. So I just went in with an open mind and, I don't know if I ever told coach this, but after my first semester, I really wanted to leave because I had a 45 minute commute to school and back home from school. But uh, you would get there, you would go through classes, you go through practice, you have to go home, you have to do your homework, you have enough time to eat some dinner and maybe talk to somebody a little while and then you have to get right back up and do it again. So John, you a military guy, the math is regimented, but it helps you when you get to the next level. When you get to college, when I got to college, it was nothing for me, even right. the meeting format, even how we reviewed film. Back then in high school, we reviewed film like we did in college. So the school, uh, uh, you know, we say one dematha, there's only one dematha because they just have a certain way of doing things that helps young men uh, flourish, you know, when they become uh, adults.
0: And I think that's one thing that is so incredibly important when you talk about, uh life skills. And and a big part of my coaching philosophy has to do with not only uh, fundamentals in football, but it it revolves around the platform of football to be able to teach life skills. I think that's what's so special. Bill, you know, obviously having great support from the administration and and the local community, which you built over time is key. But when you're attempting to build a successful program, um, how important are those internal relationships you talked about? Like, and, and specifically what I'm focusing on is coach to coach, Coach the player, and then the alumni program. When you start looking at building a legacy,
2: yeah. Well, yeah, I think everything's obviously starts with the school administration. Okay, you have to develop a, a strong relationship with 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 the with 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 the school administration. Uh, you know, our. our, our our principal back then was uh, Mr. Moreland. Actually, just passed uh, a couple of days ago. And just, just a tremendous man. He was the, uh, the principal at the mather for, for over 40 years. And again, he had that open door policy. If there was any type of issue, you could literally walk into his office, sit down and talk with him, and he would make the calls. And, uh, and I think that was very, very important, okay? The second thing I think is very important is the relationship you have with the faculty. Um, you just cannot be seen as the football coach and that can't be your own priority. I mean, you have to be on the, the same line and same, uh, uh, same standard as every, every other faculty member, you know, being on time for the faculty meetings, uh, participating in the faculty meetings, uh, you know, uh talking to the other new teachers in the hallways, you know, and anything you can do to try to go above and beyond maybe a little bit and and communicating to the faculty that, Hey, I'm just not a football coach. I just don't care about football. I care about the whole picture and the whole picture is very, very important because that's the academic success of the kids. That's most important. So, uh, so I think that's important. Then, 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 then then the relationships you, you, you go on and establish with, with your, with your parents, Uh, um, you know, JB's father and myself. I mean, I can't say
1: enough great things about his dad. Uh, Real quick, real quick, coach, not to interrupt you, but he just told me the other day, you know, he's retired again, John, he's Mm -hmm. retired from four jobs and he's bored Mm -hmm. to death. So he said, I think I'm going to get with Bill and, you know, help out at the school, try to help him recruit or do whatever I can just to stay busy. So that's for you. So, uh, you give him a call, and uh, he'll talk to you about it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, his lifetime contract with me, JB, you know that. But, you know, this this goes back to you know way back nineteen eighty two, where it, and James and I today are. You know, James is the best. Uh, there, there were two dads that I, that that you know that would help me literally recruit. It was uh, uh, you know JB's dad and, and Mike Anderson's dad, uh, Norm, and uh, and again, yeah, you know, it's that relationships they that you establish you know with the parents, and that. Then trickles down, I think, to, to the to the players because you know the parents feel comfortable with you. They know you, uh, they can talk to you. It's a, you know it's a first name basis, and uh, and as a result, you know I, I think you get much more production from from the guys, from the team, and and everybody else. But again, like you know, it's relational. It's, it's it starts it it starts with you know communication uh open open mindedness okay as as a head football coach you don't know everything you don't have the right way to do it all the time i think you got to listen you got to talk you got to communicate and, and and develop the you know the relationships as 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 the years go on and as the as the season goes on and as the year years go on with the uh the guys in high school well you know jb's father yeah, jb's father you know we went back forever um you know uh J- james would uh you know, come in, would sit and talk at, at times, just about life or or whatever. Uh, James, James uh, J- J- JB's father was a police officer, so he was heavily involved within the community. Uh, he was always a good resource to to talk in terms of what's happening out there, what's going on with you know even other schools, mm-hmm. other 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 or, other other uh, you know areas in DC. Um, J- JB's father would go out and 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 talk to uh, other prospective parents for me. About maybe coming to DeMatha. Now it's not just me as the head football coach talking. It's a it's a parent, and not only a parent, but a, you know, a, a re- very well respected parent, a very well respected police officer in the community. So That's again, awesome. I, so, so much of coaching, I, I believe, is is relational like that.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. It's uh, in fact the the inspiration for the theme for this season is was actually uh, the video that was done by Coach Bill Curry called the Huddle. I don't know if either or both of you guys have seen that, but I uh, I had followed Coach Curry for a long time because I'm a lifelong Alabama fan. And um, and in fact, he was uh, the second interview I did for this season. And, you know, that's really the focus with those relationships being the foundation and, and football being such a fantastic program and platform to do that. Hey, JB, outside of football, what other factors stand out in your mind? When you think about your time at DeMatha, um, what things contribute to, to building that legacy. You know, Coach talked about the faith-based education, extracurricular activities. I'm assuming you've been involved as an alum of coming back periodically or talking to kids. What else stands out in your mind, you know, based on that experience that helped you as you went forward into Maryland and into your NFL
1: career? Well, he talked about relationships a lot. It's relationships. It's the expectation. It's, you know, trying to be the best person you can be. And, you know, we consider ourselves a family, DeMatha, and there's a sense of pride. And, you know, we, we stay in touch with one another. And while I was there, you know, um, I got to know all the faculty, everybody in the building. And, you know, our, our, the principal who was there when I was there, Mr. John Moreland, may he rest in peace, he just passed away, but he would come out there and, and coach the punters. Um, he would talk to us during the school day. You know, Coach Wooten would, would talk to us. I mean, it was, it's just a family atmosphere. And um, along with my family, my, my, my immediate family, the master family helped me to learn how to socialize, taught me about relationships. Um, you spoke about my, my career. At the end of my career, I was at Detroit and I played for the coach who recruited me to college, who I played for at Maryland. And I had, I had lost a few steps. I lost a little bit of skill, but he wanted me there because he knew me. He knew what kind of person I was and he, I, you know, another scout told me that they were in a meeting and it was like, well, he's lost a step. He said, well, I want him here in the story. I want him for his leadership and he can still help us. So that's just a small example of relationships and how you conduct yourself the right way that it can help you later on in life. And that's what I try to tell my kids and tell everybody is that this whole world it revolves around relationships. John, you know, we, uh, we work together at FBU. How many relationships did we form with each other? You know, and with, with parents and kids mm-hmm. who some of them, you know, a lot of them played in high school, played in college. Some of them made it to the pro level. So the biggest thing I can take away from the math is just the relationships, the bond, the expectation, you know, the caring and all of that.
0: You know, it's crazy. It's it, You talk under the category of it's a small world. Um, uh, the second time I, I escorted Coach Ross, I was taking him to the, to the airport. And before he got out of my truck, we were talking about uh, – uh, philosophies. He said, John, do you have a coaching philosophy? I said, Oh yeah, coach, I'm good. You know, he said, No, no, no. Do you have a written coaching philosophy? And I said, No, sir, I don't. And he said, well, let me encourage you to sit down and write one. He said, you know, and, and to do that took me about a month to be introspective and retrospective enough. And of course I don't have, you know, near the coaching experience that Coach McGregor does, but f- through 20 plus years of coaching from youth up through high school, it made me sit and think about, you know, what do I mean as a coach, well, who do I represent? Who do I want to be, and how do I want to be judged? You know, by parents and players and stuff. And I think so much of what we're talking about makes all of that extremely important. Uh, Bill, when you returned to Dematha in 2019, that was your 30th season as a head coach. You you posted a seven and four record, and I presume felt good about the positive momentum. You know, coming back a little bit, and then. 2020 hits and COVID 19, and the the conference cancels the uh, the schedules for 2020. How did the environment that we just lived through uh, change your approach, if at all, in terms of forging those relationships, maintaining accountability, and maintaining the momentum of that culture you've talked about?
2: Well, yeah, obviously, yeah, we just went through something that, and still, we still are going through something that have never experienced before. Yeah, I I almost have a blueprint for almost anything else, but I really don't have the blueprint for the COVID-19 situation. I mean, it's, it's just been totally unique. Uh, you know, we, we, we tried to engage the guys as much as possible uh, through Zooms. So we would have uh, position Zooms. We would have, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, offensive Zooms, defensive Zooms. Um, I went out and ordered a book. Uh, it's called Make Your Bed. Uh, by Admiral McRaven and um, we would go over uh, chapters of make your bed with the guys during the Sims. Yeah. Great book. Unbelievable. I I, I highly recommend it to to anybody. Uh, But again, you know, anything you could do way back in like March and April, May, you know, just to try to, to, you know, communicate with the guys. And again, it was very tough. Uh, You know, not so much for me, but I really felt for the guys, you know, uh, you know, you know, they're the ones that are missing out in that offseason weight program. Then all of a sudden it becomes June and now all the all the college camps are canceled. And so, you know, they weren't able to, to participate in any of the college camps or the one days and things like that. We were not able to do seven on seven. Uh, we were you know, still in lockdown. Then it becomes uh, July and August. You know, August, you're, you're ready, gearing up for the season and things like that. And again, we, we were totally shut down. Uh, you know, we could not even get the kids into the weight room. You know, we didn't start the weight room until, uh, uh, I, I guess, September, October. So, uh, it, yeah, it, it, it's, it's been really, really tough on the guys. Even now, you know, we're, we're weightlifting, but we can only go into the weight room, uh, you know, uh, we, we bring a group in at 4 o'clock, a group, a group in at 5 o'clock, a group in at 6 o'clock, but we're going to have 20 at a time. So, again, it's, it's all about uh, communicating as best you can. I had one boy had a 3.5 GPA, and, you know, he, uh, right now we, we were still virtual at school. And, uh, you know, his grades stopped or uh, dropped significantly. And uh, they dropped because, you know, he, he just is having a hard time, uh, you know, with, with the Zoom as opposed to in-class in learning. Uh, so, again, a lot of it is just continually reaching out to the guys, having my coaches reach out to the guys, text. You know, Zoom uh, when you have a chance to be with them, talk to them, you know, sitting down and uh, communicating as best you can, and and uh, you know, see where they are in their in their world. Um, the the other things I find was very difficult. Yeah, you know, we have, we have a tremendous academic resource center at Dematha, where, where the kids can get help, where they weren't able to go to the 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 faculty members who were there. Yeah, you know, so again, that had to be done by Zoom, which is different. Uh, you have incoming freshmen, okay, and it's really incredible on them, you know, uh, you know, one day I asked, uh, I met, I'm having a conversation with one of the, uh, with one of the freshmen. I said, well, you have to get in touch with, uh, uh, Mr. Jamie O'Connor. And he looked at me sideways, well, sideways, you know, who's Jamie O'Connor. I have no idea who he is. You know, had he been in the building, everybody knows. So again, it's, it, it, it was, it, it is, and still going on because you know, we're just going back, uh, hybrid, uh, Uh, on Tuesday. And and who knows how that's going to be for a while, because the COVID numbers here in the state of Maryland are still pretty high and we're still under uh, kind of restrictions. Mm -hmm. So um, it's, it's, it's difficult, really difficult for the kids.
0: Yeah, I I agree. It's uh, um, JB, do you know, Deshaun Burns? Yes. Coach Burns is the head coach at Linfield Christian out in Temecula, California. And I was, um, I was watching him during the off season. He would do zoom classes where he would have his players actually, put their phone or the computer in a position where he could see them and he would take four or five of them at a time through workouts. And he was watching them on his computer and encouraging them and stuff. And I thought that was pretty creative. It's uh, it's created a dynamic that I don't think a lot of coaches were prepared to deal with. I've got a, a good friend here in Kentucky who uh, is in the middle school uh, football hall of fame. who took over a new program. that was a fairly storied program and had been down in hard times. And he turned them around. They went nine and two this year in one conference, and he won six A Coach of the Year. And it was because he was able to create an environment, even and get creative enough, even in this environment, to be able to do things. So there's there's this big elephant in the room hanging out. I want both you gentlemen to I want to give context for this because it's huge, especially given the fact that the math of being a, a private school and being able to go out and seek other folks, you know, kids from other places, do some recruiting as it were. I'm sure that, you know, in Maryland it's become and certainly the national capital region it's become um an issue with NIL, name, image and likeness. And uh, you know, it's it's something that whether you're a proponent or or antagonist of it, it's a uh it's a it's a kind of program that I think has kind of come of age almost so for those people that may be watching that for whatever reason don't know, it's the idea that athletes certainly at the college level can now or will be able to benefit and make money from their name, image, and likeness. So um, how do you think that this will uh, impact you know, the high school game and maybe the recruiting piece from your foxhole, but especially for schools like DeMatha who seek players from a broader area uh, in terms of, and that kind of thing. And JB, I, I'd like you to address this first, both as a former Division I athlete, you know, and and then also, you know, from what you see of the landscape now.
1: Um, you, you know, you've heard for years how coaches benefit from, uh, you know, what players do on the field and the schools, they make so many millions of dollars, coaches make so many millions of dollars, and the players, you know, they say, well, they should be uh, happy with getting a scholarship, having their room and board paid for, and all of that. I would say uh, I think players do deserve something. But on the other hand, and I'll take it back down to the high school level, and Coach can attest to this, you'll have a great player, and, you know, the parents will be talking to you like they're their agent, you know, and, you know, this, this is what I expect and how much money you're going to give them. And they're like – they're shopping them around like, like they're already uh, NFL players. So it can be good in a way, you know, that players can get some financial help. Because when I was in college, you had players who had nothing their families had nothing, and they were just thankful to be at school, you know, but they were struggling. So I do think that players should get something, you know, what they get, you know, that remains to be negotiated and to be seen. But on the flip side, you have players who, before they even get to college, you know, they think they're, uh, you know, that, that they made it and that, you know, they should be treated, you know, uh, a certain way and they should already, you know, have everything that that they want. So it's it's a two-headed monster as far as I'm concerned. Um, but I do think players do deserve something. Um, what they deserve, I'm not sure, and that's still being talked about. Yeah, I, you know, it was
0: interesting. I was uh, I was interviewing Anthony Munoz, and he talked about they were on a they were on a, they were in a, in another interview, and they were talking to a kid who was in high school, and they asked him, "Why did you make the choice that you did among all the scholarship offers that you had?" And his answer, which you know, you you would expect the typical answer to be, I want to compete with a program that's always in the run for a national championship, or I want to go get a conference championship, or the coach there develops players for the NFL or whatever. You know, all that all the answers they had. His answer was, and this was within the last year. His answer was, I'm going there to build my brand.
1: And well, see, that's the thing I didn't mention that brand thing, and that can be that can be positive if you're mature enough to be able to know how to do it. But on the on the flip side. Guys are more interested in building their brand starting from high school. No, starting from youth yeah. and high school and college. And they are actually playing the game and getting better or getting the education. Coach, what so, do, you, do you see any
0: evidence at all? And, and it's not it's probably not fair at a program like DeMatha. You know, a, a, a public school, which with a zone and restricted area from which kids can come may have bigger challenges in this regard than you do because of the, the culture and the foundation that you all have at DeMatha, but, uh, and, and, and bigger than football or Bill McGregor, but how do you, how do you see it impacting, you know, at the high school level, if at all, and what do you worry about?
2: Yeah, well, just like JB said, I, I think social media has totally changed the game. Uh, you know, uh, if if somebody gets a scholarship, immediately he's going to he goes up on Twitter, goes up on Instagram, goes up on whatever. You know, post he has the scholarship. Uh, you know, you know this is scholarship number thirty-one. This scholarship number twenty-seven. I mean, uh, you know, all 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 that hype, and it had even have not even maybe even significantly contributed you know, to their high school football team, uh, let alone their college team. And uh, yeah, I think social media has changed everything. Uh, I think the kids believe the social media. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, Johnny sees that Jimmy got a a scholarship. Why don't I have a scholarship? Uh, What's wrong with me? And the answer is there's nothing wrong with you yet. You're just developing. You're not at the quite same stage. Keep working hard. Things work out fine. I I think everybody wants immediate gratification. And, uh, and that's one of the tough sales you have right now saying, hey, take your time. It's going to happen for you. I promise it's going to happen. Uh, just you know, be, be, a, be a part of the process. Like you know, I'll, I'll give you one example of, of here with JB. OK, I, I knew from day one that JB was going to be incredibly successful. OK, JB, number one, academically worked incredibly hard. He was never, never a problem academic. I think he graduated from DeMatha with a a 3.5, 3.7 GPA. And it's hard. I mean, every course he was taking was an academic course. I mean, there's no, we have a half a a semester of PE. That's it. So, you know, know, 99% of the student body goes on to a four-year school. So they leave DeMatha with a 3.5, 3.7 GPA. was absolutely amazing. Um, JB then to better himself, okay, didn't worry about what the college's recruiter said, okay, to better himself, okay, he would go, he went and ran track, and he was part of our our track team, and our track team was outstanding, especially our four by 100 meter relay team, which JP was a part of, you know, he set the school, their, their, their four by 100 meter relay team set the school record, so, you know, academically, he touched all the bases, not worrying about the social media, not worrying about any of the nonsense. Then then doing the extras, doing track. Then we had an old weight room and our weight room was uh, in the basement of the school. And uh, J.B. W- would come back after track and he and a fellow teammate, Bobby Houston. Bobby ended up having a nine year career in the NFL also. Uh, if I was looking for JB and Bobby when I'm going home, they would be in the weight room lifting. So this is after a full day of academics, a full, a full practice of track, and now back in the weight room. And I'd hand in the McKee and I'd say, hey guys, make sure, make sure you guys lock up when you're done. <laughs> you know, But th- you know, that's where they were. And that's the kind of attitude they had. Uh, that's the kind of work ethic they had kids today i mean you have to you have to steer them you know a lot of times they're, they're more concerned about hey you know what's happening on social media what, you know, what, what's going on with this going, going with that you know if you work hard and do the right thing great things are going to happen for you it's really that simple but you know don't be pulled away by all the externals that exist right now
0: yeah it's it's actually kind of sad when you consider it but uh, there are a number of documented cases of guys that were ultra successful at the high school level highly recruited athletes in more than just football, but I know of many in football that have had their careers completely unravel and lost out on opportunities because of social media. Um, And I I know numerous head coaches that, you know, publicly speak or caution their athletes and say, Hey, you know, if you're going to have an account, here are some things to watch out for. And I of two schools, two public schools, that have actually employed beyond sports. It it goes student body wide have employed people to really counsel kids on
1: the aspects of media. Yeah. John, something coach was good at even before social media came. And I know even more so now he could bring you back down to earth. You were not going to get too big for your vision. We've had some great athletes at that school, but one thing he did was he would bring you back down to where you need to understand. You need to work hard and it ain't about you. You know what I mean? And that's, that's the fight now with this social media. It's out of control. So many kids talk about the offers that they have, and I have to tell kids all the time: an offer doesn't mean that you're getting a scholarship. Yep. You
2: know? yep. Very yeah. Very yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, The offers now are nothing more than the letters in the old days. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Some schools are sending out you know, what four or five hundred offers. They don't mean a thing. But in yeah. the, the, the parents' mind and the, and the boys' mind, oh, oh, I got an offer. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm helping a boy from another school trying to trying to get him in school right now, and I've known his dad really well and and know know the young man pretty well, and, uh, you know, I think he had uh, uh, 20 offers, okay, but all of a sudden, it it came time to commit. None of the offers were committable offers, and so now he's, you know, they they had the early signing day, and he's uh, stuck and has no place to go because he literally believed that these were really committable offers without really... Having somebody with him, sitting him down and asking the, whole, the, the the coaches at the time, you know, is this an offer or is this a committable offer? And again, you know, now he's you know, he's posted all over social media and he's, you know he he, you know, he he was as happy as can be with all the posts. But reality came in when, when he finds out, hey, they're nothing more than letters. So, again, I, I think there's, there has to be, you know, it goes back to communication. You, you got to be able to sit down with your parents, got to be able to sit down with your players and explain, hey, this doesn't mean a thing. Yeah, you know, I, I have a, I have a ninth, a tenth grade quarterback. Okay, who I had to sit down and talk with the other day. He's going to be a great, great player, um, but he wants to put in. He wants to put in his uh, his top ten choices. Okay, we're not doing that. I mean, I mean that that person, uh, that head coach, may not even be at the school where you're where you're saying right now. You know, you never want to eliminate anybody. You know, and make you, know, you you talk to everybody and treat everybody the same. Listen and let's make our choices down the road but again you know kids don't know and parents don't know but uh, again it's you know it's 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 continual uh, counseling and communication trying to explain look
1: here's reality. John one one thing about coach real quick and I did I I always mention this to everybody that talks about coach McGregor is that he works harder in the offseason than he does during the season actually coaching us and he mentioned that he's helping somebody from another school he's helped Countless players from other schools get scholarships. So that's just something about him that he probably didn't want to mention. But, yeah, I mean, he really – I would call him in the offseason. He's like, man, I got to go. I got this coach. I got that coach. I got to go. I mean, he is working hard, really hard. Harder than he does actually during the season, to be honest with you.
0: Well, you know, I think a lot of that extends from – directly from a person's heart. And I think that when you are – you know, it it goes back to the phrase, I think, J.B., uh, servant leadership um you know it, it's uh, we, we've we've done m- multiple episodes talking about the the aspects of leadership and and I think that uh, that's a demonstration of really you know a, a heartfelt leader I want to kind of close out with uh, uh, asking each of you guys to address not JB I'll let you go first and give give the floor to coach last um, from the standpoint of why I started this uh, last year our theme was uh, you know, football insights and life skills. So, you know, even though it's a football podcast, at least for now, you know, we're not really talking about X's and O's and and great strategies. I mean, there are coaches out there, both, you know, experienced and inexperienced guys that are wonderful at that kind of stuff. What I want to do is connect with athletes and or parents um, about the intangible aspects of the game and that it presents. So from, from the final question would be JB, from your experience as, as a father, uh, as a former athlete at DeMatha, Maryland, and in the NFL, um, if you're talking to a young kid today, be they say ages you know, 13 to 18, that middle school, high school age kid, under a for the good of the game type of uh, approach, what, what kind of guidance or, or, or uh, you know, advice would you give somebody uh, who's looking to continue to play football and become a better person?
1: Well, football can, uh, can definitely help you in life. It can, you know, you can go to school, you can, you know, you go to college and it can take you places, you know, other than professional because there's a small percentage that make it there. But I just tell guys to try to be the best person you can. This game is about relationships. And the thing I miss the most, even more so than the money I made is the relationships that I forged. and, And I still have today with a whole lot of players and a whole lot of people, a whole lot of administrators. So you know more so than trying to be the best athlete. First, be the best person you can be. You know what I mean. And whatever your religious uh, affinity, you know um, you're loyal to that. Um, you're you know you you value your family, you value your friendships, you value relationships, and in that you're working towards a goal. You know you want to you want to get a college scholarship. You want to play. Um, you want to be a, a good um, student. So in high school, the master taught me again was uh, discipline was hard work because as I said, after my first semester, I wanted to leave. It was just so hard, but I was like, you know what? I got to stick it out. Even in college, John, my first year we won the ACC championship. And then after that, we didn't win a whole lot. So I easily, you know, a lot of kids, if things aren't going their way, if the team's not winning, they want to leave. I just, I stayed, you know, and then I got drafted by the skin of my teeth in the 12th round. So I'm, I'm behind the eight ball again. There was a a gentleman from Syracuse. We're still good friends. He got drafted in the fourth round. They kept me and cut him. I was a 12th round pick. I might as well have been a free agent. So I say all that to say that you just have have to have a foundation that you're not going to let things get you down and you're going to work as hard as you can. And in the process of doing that, you're going to try to be the best person you can be. And you're going to cherish relationships. Again, meeting you and meeting some of the other guys in FBU who I didn't know, um has meant the world to me and i still have great relationships with a lot of those guys so that's what i would leave with young men try to be the best athlete that you can bet uh, be- try to be the best person that you can be and in doing that you know you uh you work on your skill and your craft and if it's meant for you it is if it's not it's not the end of the world you know a lot of kids say they want to be this pro be that pro i say you can make it a uh you can make it a goal, but if you don't reach that goal, be able to have something else to, to fall on. And also, again, always nurture the relationships and uh, always network and uh, be the best person you can be. That's awesome. Coach, how about
0: through your eyes with your experience at, at DeMatha and certainly uh, all the things we've talked about that you're involved in outside, you know, off the field?
2: Yeah, yeah John. And number one and foremost, it's all about character. Okay, you wanna be a good person. And it goes back to uh, what Lou Holtz said many, many years ago, right? You wanna do what is right. And if you're not sure of it being right, ask yourself the question Is this the right thing for me, for me to do? If the answer is yes, go ahead and do it. If the answer is no, or maybe get away from it, okay? Do the right thing because character really counts. And it's all about what you have not on the outside. But what you're developing on the inside, you want to be a, a, a good guy. And uh, and again, I think that's incredibly important in the in the development of any young man that he can carry over in life, because I want you to be a good son. I want you to be a good grandson. I want you to be a good husband, I want you to be a good father, but it starts with your character. And uh, you have to, yeah, we have to work on that. And you have to hear it all the time. You have to have guys in and talk to the kids about, you know, here's some of the experiences I had, either good or bad. And, uh, you know, character counts. The second thing is this, okay. I think this is incredibly important for young men. Okay. Um, Like I tell my people, I tell my team all the time, you're not here for football, basketball, or baseball you're here at DeMatha for one thing and one thing only, and that's your education. I promise you this, football is gonna end and it's always gonna end when you don't want it to end. Everybody wants to play one more dime, one more quarter, one more season, one more whatever from football, but it's gonna end. The one thing that never ends, okay, is your education. Okay, with an education, you can have opportunities. With opportunities, you can have choices. I never want you in a situation where you have to take this job because of lack of education, you're not qualified. I want you to go out and you decide what you want to do with your life after football, because that's going to be your 40-year 40, 40 career. And, uh, and you do that with one thing and one thing only, and that's your education. So that same passion you have for football, you got to develop that same passion for something else in life. I always say this to the recruits, right? If we have a ball game tonight, how do you feel? And they smile and they're happy and they, oh, Coach, I can't wait. I'm, let's go. I'm going to put the helmets on. Let's go play. Now tonight you have to read 25 pages of To Kill a Mockingbird. How do you feel? Oh, Coach, are you kidding me? Oh, wow, it's all. Yeah. It's like the end of the end. All. But that same passion you have for football, you have to have that same passion for education. You you have to read those 25 pages of To Kill a Mockingbird. You got to read them with enthusiasm. You got to read them. Hey, I'm I'm here. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it done because that's going to develop your academic skills and that's going to get you where you're going to be in life someday. And that's going to be your career. So I, I think there are two important things, character and academics. And, uh, and obviously like we talked about early relationships and, and I, I think you're, you're on your way to being a successful young man.
0: That's awesome. Well, i tell you, gentlemen, um, I, I uh, certainly appreciate you guys taking the time to come on and uh, I appreciate the friendship. albeit. You know, it's been a while since uh, I've, I've seen a talk to each of you, but uh, even more importantly to reinforce those relationships that you build in our cases, all through football, all the, albeit not necessarily a team um, uh, that we, you know, worked with or for, uh, it just proves to make the point that we're talking about. And I think the, the wonderful things that JB, you've certainly done as a player, as a father, Uh, And and as a community member and coach throughout your career, the relationships you've built and people you've helped not only through DeMatha football, but in and around like JB talked about with the other kids and other coaches, speak volumes for both uh, the the type of gentleman that you are, as well as uh, those things that you espouse in terms of those relationships. So thanks very much for taking the time to be with us today. I uh, I absolutely appreciate both you guys uh, being here and uh, wish you great success going forward
1: thank you so much john i appreciate you thank you yeah yeah thank you john
2: so much like i said in the beginning of the show it's really great honor great privilege to be on your show yeah we go back a, a number of years with the fbu but again it's all relationships you know uh as soon as, as, soon as jb said hey he asked me to, would i be on your pod, podcast i said absolutely yeah I've, I've known john for uh years although we haven't talked for a number of years so uh yeah thank you for having me